It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> and Senator Ted Kennedy couldn't be here. I, uh, you, know, you know, there's a lot of jokes about Ted and Kennedy, but uh, I, I recently watched an interview. It was very touching, you know. It was... Ted was talking about, or Mr. Kennedy, what the hell am I calling him Ted for? <laughs> Senator Kennedy was, uh, was talking about how he, how he uh, proposed to his lovely wife, Vicki Reggie, and it was, it was very touching, you know. Uh, it was a different side of Ted Kennedy, you don't see. He, he was very old-fashioned or romantic, you know, when he made the proposal. It was very nice. He got up on one knee, and he... Uh, <laughs> It was what you think. It was a good old-fashioned, fairly vicious roast. Uh, and as Norm, only Norm MacDonald could do, Norm MacDonald died today. You guys already know that. And uh, Or if it's Wednesday for you, Wednesday. Had cancer for nine years. I have no idea. Apparently uh, he kept it secret. That's what I was reading. Yeah. He is a fascinating guy. One, thing, one of the things I've been seeing today is people talking about going down the Norm MacDonald wormholes on Twitter, on YouTube, wherever. And I've done that for the past about like seven or eight years. I've just stumbled mm-hmm. in. Actually, before I even got into podcasts, listening to them, like around 2015 or so, I uh, I just started getting into more Norm McDonald stuff. I always loved him. I, uh, anybody who's around my age remember him from the late 80s and early 90s and getting on with Letterman. He was the Canadian guy who was such a... Such a know-it-all, bleep-eating smartass. Mm-hmm. Everything he said was funny. Just the, his delivery was just fun. Everything, he, all the words he said and the way he said it was funny, no, take away the jokes. He was just one a funny bastard, so you always felt it was coming. 
And then he'd work off the crowd and then toy with the crowd. He was a guy that was just so much more brilliant than anybody else that it's like he knew a bunch of stuff that sometimes he'd let you in on some of it. But I think him knowing stuff, knowing having this whole inventory of brilliant thoughts and observations, etc., made him super comfortable that he could say whatever he wanted, even though many in the audience and co-hosts and hosts would, be, would start to get very uncomfortable because he saw the big picture of where he was going. <laughs> Just some of the stuff is like is ridiculous, ridiculous. I, I, th- I thought he was a a brilliant guy. I think it sucks. It's like Norm Macdonald is gone with all the idiocy that we have now everywhere on social media, everywhere. That you lose a guy like that, it's like the Earth has lost a good percentage of its total IQ points. Mm-hmm. Don't use Norm Macdonald, somebody else, anybody else. There's so many people. We can't lose the really smart people, especially since we're in the time of... Especially pure, now, right? You're in a time of pure insanity. You need guys like that. The guys who are who are the intellectual heavy lifters. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's funny because he was notoriously a bad tweeter. He would really? tweet just his own observations about baseball games and golf game, uh, tournaments, etc. Except once in a while, he'd have something to say, but... But I, I, I mean, I assume that's just part of his personality that he, he wasn't. Whoa. Hello, hey, hey, sorry. Check, check one, two. Um, that he wasn't going to necessarily give everybody everything, mm-hmm. um, all all the time. And maybe I should find it. Let, let me. This is a. Are we allowed to talk about? We're allowed to play a Norm Macdonald joke that includes a nine eleven reference, right? I guess so. Not too soon. It's been 20 years now. I think we're has been to 20 play years. 9/11 jokes now. So the guy is just so. This is Norm Macdonald. He's got another. He's got another comedian with him who he's bouncing stuff off of, and he's reading these jokes to him. And uh, hold on, where did I find? Oh, I hope I've hope I've uh, been. Did you lose the joke? Oh, no. I, I thought I'd sent it to a bunch of people, but did I just send it to all the wrong people? Oh. Maybe I did. Who would I have sent this to? Who did you send? Oh, it's exciting. Is it a work group chat? Did you send no, it to your office? No, not quite that. Uh, to your most liberal family members group chat. Let me see if this is it. Let me see if this is it, hopefully. Uh, damn it! I want to know who you sent it to, because that's the worst. Like I have so oh, many group sp- chats going. One that- of the the shakedown artists has my phone, so I don't I don't have it. Oh, Alice Shattuck, you're Alice, right? I'm Alice. That's me. Was it Stokey? But I have all my group chats going with like different combinations of people, and some things work for some people and not others. And I have to make sure that I like because I have family members that have like requested to be taken off political discourse chats because they can't handle the the heat. So I have to be careful like which group chat I send things to. Yeah, and I get all this. Oh, David, you that's know. not it. That's uh, that's the office, David Brent. Also good stuff. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I don't have my. F- I'm. I'm gonna find this. I don't give a. Sh- We're not moving on until I find this <laughs> goddamn thing. But I got a bunch of different. Stokey. I sent it to no, it's not Stokey. Who's eight five seven? That's Todd. After the. Uh, 
Oh, here we go. You found it? Yeah, okay. So here it is. Who the hell did I send this to? I don't even know. <laughs> Hopefully it's like a group are. of people you used to ch- uh, group chat with at the newspaper. I hope that's what you said. Jimmy, uh, it's somebody else. I'm not sure. Okay. Here's Norm McDonald. This is more mm-hmm. recent. This is him reading like one-liners during his show. And he's got a guy in the right, a comedian, a fairly famous comedian, who he's reading these to to react to these jokes. And he's got his co-host on the left who's also reacting. They don't know that sort of this stuff is coming. So here's one of his jokes. <laughs> hey, for the ninth consecutive year, uh, Nick, JetBlue Air, Airlines rank first for satisfaction among all North American airlines. But you know what ranked least in satisfaction? 9-11 Airlines. <laughs> what a terrible name for an airline. It reminds me of that tragedy. <laughs> oh, 9-11. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, don't laugh at 9 11. I tried to tell him not to go, laugh. Adam. I know. I walked through blood and bones in the streets of Manhattan trying to find my brother. Jesus. Yeah, he was in northern Canada. <laughs> and the other comedian is not comfortable. Not sure if he's allowed to yes, laugh at and this. There bit. are a lot of these things. In Norm, in, he had a lot of ones towards in the last five, six years where you have these comedians mm-hmm. on as well. And say this very balancing borderline stuff that in, that included stuff that it was, seemed like it could have uh, some Holocaust mm-hmm. implications, etc. Yeah, he would just put this stuff out there to make people uncomfortable, and then reel it in and suggest they had misunderstood what he was saying, and, and they were offensive. Yeah, and cu- yeah, clues that because so they felt alone. And that's not the classics. That's just a couple of years ago. But the guy's mind is so freaking, so freaking hilarious. And he, he mm-hmm. grew up in a, a tiny town in Canada, way up north in Alberta, Canada. And, you know, I, I think you, you got these people from tiny towns like that where they've got real winters and real weather, real et cetera. And mm-hmm. be, they become individuals. You, you go up there and you become an individual. And you become generally tougher. There's actually a really good story of... Him and he never tells it. Other people just bring it up. It, it, at the in SNL, remember Conan O'Brien used to write for SNL. Well, a bunch mm-hmm. of people who wrote for SNL were from like the Harvard set, were Harvard kind of people. Mm-hmm. Some of the writers, and then some uh, were not. You know, some were street comedians, kind of like him and other people, other writers like him. And one time when he first got there, early on, I think Jay Moore was involved. You don't even know who that is. He no. wasn't Jerry Maguire. Anyway. When he first got there, one of the Harvard people said something to him, condescended to him, and he clocked him, punched him, like, right in the face. Wow. Like a country boy. It didn't give a damn and no apologies whatsoever, and said he had to come and just set the guy straight. And for, like, the New York, you know, Harvard comedy writing set, I don't think you see a no, lot of No, I don't think... Uh- Manhattan TV writers usually get punched for uh, making fun of anyone. No, no. Um, so anyway, by the way, it, so anyway, the guy was just, it was it, it sucks. It sucks. It suck. I only have like 11 people I give a flying F about. Nobody who has ever gone to the um, to the Met Ball, I'll ever care anything about. I don't have any of that stuff. I didn't launch glom on to any celebrity over the last 20 years i didn't get into who wants to be a millionaire or the the uh the, the singers in the middle of the stage with the uh english a-hole who's mean to them and the the she she burns american she burns. idol yeah and with the other guy and 
I didn't. I, 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 I escaped all of this stuff that I was fed, shoveled at me, you know, and I just kept a few things, special, like talented people, as my people, and really never to be overwritten, but maybe to be joined by some others if other people deserved it. And Norm MacDonald was just an all-time Hall of Famer for a long time. And it just didn't seem like this was the time that Norm MacDonald should be dying. Right. didn't seem like it at all. I now it makes me worry about that whole group of guys. Like right. The whole group of guys. I I mean, I, I, and I'm not saying because I'm worried because that just shows they're old. But but you lose these guys who were always my favorite with the, that particular group of SNL. We didn't we talk about them last night? Did we not? The, that group so. of SNL people: David Spade, Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Norm Macdonald. Um, um. And um, Rob Schneider, <clears throat> kind of that group. Mm-hmm. Of course, the older people, Dennis Miller, etc. You get that group of people, the way they come off, the way they speak, and the style of their comedy, they were like really good, stalwart, raw comedians. Most of them Gen X people mm-hmm. who were really tough comedians who didn't give an F. Uh, if you got a scared of jokes. Right. And they were great. And all of their, their movies would make fun of stuff. And they were just like, not oversensitive bitches about everything. And it was so great. Mm-hmm. And he's just one of those guys. And, and I just, I don't think they're minting new people like that. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know if uh, like Gen Z has any comedians that are like really edgy like that. What am I hearing happen? That I thought that was from my... That is the rec- that happened earlier today. You heard a, you're fine now, right? Okay, yeah, now I'm fine. Okay, that's actually d- d- a little bit. Um, we may have to make some decisions soon about our equipment because this situation? happened I, as I recorded the um, that's this mic, I think, or my my connection here. I think Something. it's just me, hmm. but that or it could be that the thing. Anyway, we shouldn't do this in there, dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, that sucks. Norm Macdonald in his later stuff. I didn't even see any of them. Uh, you, you watched a couple of his specials on like TV. Right. But I didn't see any of his. Mm-hmm. Like I went off and started my life, including my nightlife in my 20s. So by the early 90s, mid 90s, I was gone. I was not. You were not religiously watching us. I was not at home on a Saturday <laughs> night. No. And so I missed some of that stuff, and it was only after only after nine eleven did all a bunch of that stuff get uploaded to places where really I mean, my friend Mike showed me all of the Burt Reynolds stuff from SNL mm-hmm. and all that stuff that we had missed. That was uh, that was great, but this guy was just so so uh, wonderful. I know you probably don't know anything about him other than what you've seen from me. You probably have right. Yeah, no, you've exposed me to it mainly, but but yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you know I don't know that younger comedians are funny. Uh, I mean, like, I think there are some funny millennial comedians. You know, I think, like, um, what's her name? The one you like, the blonde one from the one who played uh, Kelly and Conway on SNL all the time. Uh, yeah. She must be a millennial, right? Like an older millennial? She can't be much older than me. I assume I so. I forgot so. her name. Um, Kate McKinnon? Yes, but name? is she a comedian? Yes, she is. I mean, she's on... Okay, no, I'm sure she, she is. She was on SNL. I, I understand that, but... Does she is she a stand up? Oh, I don't know. She about seems that. like she seems like an SNL character actor, and she's good at her character acting. 
Yeah, but yeah, so I don't know about stand up. I don't watch that much. But like when Norm MacDonald was think... on SNL, he was doing Norm MacDonald. But yeah, but like the stuff that they try and push on you in terms of stand up, like the people who do Netflix specials, like, I mean, Chappelle must be like a Gen Xer, but he was popular with millennials, obviously. But yeah, yeah. but, but Chappelle's—he's—he's like, he's, he's like, a little older than me. He's—he's. Uh, he's I know, but yeah, but that's like millennials found that funny, you know. So sure. and like millennials watch South Park and stuff, but like right. I don't know if Gen Z like officially has a sense of humor or what. Um, it actually you mentioned Chappelle, um, which gets me thinking. I mean, I don't know what's on that's new, that's funny, that's like for younger people, or if they just go back and watch older stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, is there anything new that's funny? Some of our listeners are young; they can tell us. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be. There's got to be stuff. Yeah. I mean, I just don't watch it. Emily a... and Amy, reach out. Tell us what's funny. <laughs> I mean, we've got. Um, yeah, and this is. A, I don't want to waste any more time, but this is. You had mentioned, but you mentioned when you you triggered something when you hit when you said Chappelle. Chappelle was funny of that time. Yeah, damn, I'm I'm forgetting it. I'm forgetting it. I think. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, I mean, like, oh, wait, okay. Um, there are people, some people who like aren't funny who were told like Dean Cook. I didn't think was especially funny. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to say. Okay. Norm Macdonald was a comedian, okay. and on SNL, mm-hmm. Pete Davidson is a comedian on SNL. These are two very different animals <laughs> that should never be mentioned in the right. same sentence. So if Pete Davidson, if that's new humor, him being like half a like bitchy up there and saying, you know, Dan Crenshaw wouldn't even be on if it wasn't for me. And it, the joke being Pete Davidson doesn't have his bleep together, but other than that, not really being funny. Mm-hmm. That guy sucks. So if that's that general, then I'm then I'm done. And you don't this is not about really being conservative conservatives either, because like all those guys, Seth Myers is my guy, Jimmy uh, both Jimmys are essentially my guy, mm-hmm. my guys. Uh, you know all those other people. Who cares? This is okay. Norm Macdonald, we miss you. You're fantastic. You're uh great. It's all been downhill sucks. since Norm Macdonald. I did try to get him on else. I never, never worked. I mean, on another entity. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay. In the real world right now, what's happening? The big news right now. We've moved on from. By the way, all yesterday I was calling saying AOC eat the rich, and it was tax the rich. Her dress said tax the rich, but we said eat the rich. Right. I didn't realize that. And I was saying it all day today, too, during the radio show. And everybody, including my program director, were feverishly uh, emailing me or messaging <laughs> and you were me. ignoring it. Telling me. And I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea. But you know what? I like eat the rich. It's, well, they both work, although tax the rich would have given us more to talk about because the rich are certainly taxed. But right now, the big stuff that's breaking right now is the, uh, is the stuff about Mark Milling. Right. And all I've seen, and I haven't been into it too, too much, mm-hmm. what I've seen is that there's reporting coming out that during the Trump presidency, uh, Millie intervened. Post-January 6th, yes. Post-January 6th. Okay, so you, right. can, can you tell me? Because I'm right. not up. So, um, I mean, I've just skimmed this because this is new the last couple hours. But um, basically, everything, we know this because I've said this on the show a thousand times, but everything on the left is projection. So if they tell you that... 
you were trying to do a coup. Really what that means is that they were trying to do a coup. So basically after January 6th, Mark Milley went around and talked to Pelosi and talked to everybody and told them that and told all like the people doing the nuclear football and whatever that like everything had to go to him, that they couldn't listen to Trump anymore, that he was in charge and that Trump didn't have command of the military anymore, basically. And he, like, called China, apparently, and told them that he would warn them if Trump decided to, like, do a nuclear attack on China. And, and what was his capacity? Uh, Joint Chiefs, I think, still. Okay, okay. And this is uh, post-January 6th. He's president right. until January 20th. Mm-hmm. Right, well... Uh, and apparently there wasn't, like, enough cabinet still there to really do 25th Amendment or whatever. And that's why they didn't do that. But there was, like, no. So he essentially usurped the chain of command and let everybody know in D.C. that, like, he was really in charge and there was in Trump no longer had control of the strings. Did, had we heard whisperings about something like this from his own book or something recently? Was that not him who said that recently? I don't remember, but I mean, like, obviously there's been rumors about this because a lot of, like, the January 6th post-op that everybody's been talking about is, like, what was actually the deal. And some of it was, like, did they not... Were they not prepared for this because they were trying to make sure there weren't, like, troops there for Trump to try and do a coup, you know? So, like, to what extent were they trying to wrestle power from Trump to make sure that Trump couldn't do a coup and, in essence, like, they essentially usurped Trump's power and pulled off, I mean, essentially right. a soft coup themselves because so, this is, like, so Alexander Vindman, who's obviously not a Trump mm. guy, this is the whistleblower about the Ukraine call and everything and testified against Trump and everything, tweeted this a couple hours ago. If this is true, General Milley must resign. He usurped civilian authority, broke the chain of command, and violated the sacrosanct principle of civilian control over the military. It's an extremely dangerous precedent. You can't simply walk away from that. Mm -hmm. So this is not a Trump anti-Trump thing. This is you can't have the military decide in the middle of a presidency that's still active that the president's no longer in charge. They're really in charge. And it ended up being moot because Trump left on January 20th anyway. But that's bad. That actually is a coup. Mm -hmm. And it's a coup that, you know, stopped mattering on January 20th. But, um, you know, if there had been some kind of military action or something, who knows what, like, that could have been an actual constitutional well, crisis. That right. is a coup. If and, the military Millie, decides think, they're it, actually in charge, that's a big problem. Right. And it's coming back to me now. I think Millie had tooted his own horn about security in and around mm -hmm. the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, and worried uh, if it had been used. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, and this right. is from the Bob Woodward book, this new stuff. That's but if he was out freelancing with foreign policy. Talking to China. Yes, saying, yeah, 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 I'll call you. As a military person over the elected uh, leader of the country, then I don't see how he's not in effing jail. Or if how he's not yeah. court-martialed and prosecuted. Yeah, Michael Flynn and, didn't fill out the right forms right. to be a foreign Yeah, you don't, you don't get to play like, the president... You know, in order to say, it reminds me of um, at at uh, the radio station uh, at a my friend a long time ago had this um, uh, had this commemorative Red Sox framed thing sitting at, near his desk, uh, and it was somebody was supposed to pick it up, and nobody picked it up for months and months. Mm -hmm. So my friend decided to take it home so nobody would steal it. Mm. 
So, and that reminds me of that. So, Millie, to make sure that the president wouldn't steal mm-hmm. the uh, command of the United States, took control of it and just was the caretaker of it, taker of it for a bit, mm-hmm. just so nobody else, nobody who didn't have uh, such m- high moral aptitude would come along and take it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's problematic. Like, oh, I just did a mini coup to make sure Trump wouldn't do a coup. That's fine. But like, it it really is. Like, every time they say the right is doing something, it's because that's exactly what they're doing. And it's bizarre. And it's really like concerning that that even was able to happen. And I mean, like, frankly, I don't think it reflects that well on Trump either, to be perfectly honest, that Trump was not paying enough attention that he allowed that to happen, you know? Um, because he was wrapped up in his own stuff. Um, but, you know, it's really like, it's a toxic, bad precedent. And it makes you think, you know, when the left is out here saying like, we'll never know how close we came to like the end of our democracy. Like, yeah, I guess so. I didn't think that until today, but like, apparently, apparently we were actually close to, uh, not, having an officially elected government anymore. I mean, who the heck elected Mark Milley? I didn't elect Mark Milley to take over. I don't even think the people who voted for Biden elected Mark Milley. Here's the problem. And if Biden were smart, then he would absolutely dismiss him immediately. But he is, at this point, so so stuck in the dirt, um, you know, ingrained, ingrained, um, ingrained, a um um he's upset a phone died i thought he was like injured or something yeah i don't know no, it's worse when one of their phones it's not even their phones he's spoiled it's fine but, but my phone died. I, I don't i don't expect i think everything biden now is there's nothing left of him he's a husk and a cynic and he'll look at that and say, oh, they think they're going to get one on me and try to put a dent in us. No, we're going to keep on. Uh, we're not going to let anything permeate this guard of messaging we have. We're taking observing, observing, absorbing no blow from conservatives. No, mm-hmm. damn the torpedoes damn the conservatives. No. But I mean, I and think- once again, that would be mm-hmm. Biden once again, because he sucks at this, making the country worse. Right. But I think that this is something Biden really didn't need right now. This is once again going to take the spotlight off of the infrastructure bill that they were trying to steer everybody back to the stupid three and a half trillion dollar mess and try and make Joe Manchin the bad guy again and go back to this because that was more of a political winner for them was we really want to give you money, but the mean Republicans are stopping us like that's they feel a, a better win and that's like more a traditional democrat thing that that they like to that's the spot they like to be in politically but they don't want to be in the we're failing to contain covid and we're yelling at you to get vaccinated spot they don't want to be in the we've completely screwed up the entire foreign policy and gotten 13 service members killed spot uh they certainly don't want to be in the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, tried to pull off a coup and now everybody's calling on him to resign spot, including big anti-Trump people like Vinman. Marco Rubio has put out a statement saying that Biden needs to immediately fire Millie. Like, this is going to be a big deal. And this, for the Biden administration right now, which as we talked about last night, already has the wheels coming off and has been falling apart ever since the Afghanistan thing started to unravel. This is not 
what they needed right now because this is yet another thing that Biden has to retreat on. You know, which, as you said, I think he's going to dig his heels in and say, I'm not getting rid of Millie because, I mean, people have been yelling that Millie needs to go. Well, first of all, since the white rage thing, but certainly since the Afghanistan thing. Now, I mean, it's like, how can you not get rid of Millie? But Biden just like, just like the situation in Afghanistan where everybody said, uh, is this really what we're doing? And he said, yes, this is absolutely what we're doing. This is what was supposed to happen all the time. This was great. Like, I mean, I think he's going to try and dig in and defend Millie on this somehow. I, I don't know how, but I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to think that I'm wrong and he'll back down and fire Millie. But I I don't know if he can at this and, point. And, you know, by the way, and you do that. What's going to happen to the mindset of those people who thought the election was stolen from Trump? Once again, they're going to say, look at this validation. And the military it has been yelling about us. Mm-hmm. Us being the biggest threat in this country. Right. These people who try to tear the presidency away from Trump, who we think tried to tear the voting away from Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are creating a permanent fissure in this country. And right. only one side's going to win. Yeah, if you keep Millie there, then... You're essentially declaring war on half the country because you said that you were willing to seize power from the president that that half elected and have a coup rather than have him be president. Right. Trump is so bad. We have to, you know, make an exception on this whole democracy thing. We just have to have a coup and do this because Trump's just such an awful part. I mean, if you say that, then, you know, you really that does start a civil war. That's what that is. Yes. No. And saying we're keeping the guy who wanted to start a civil war with you. And, you know, thinks you're full of white rage or whatever around and that we think he's doing a great job that I mean, that's a total just stick it to half the population of the country. I don't see how you go back from that. uh, Mr. Uniter in chief. No, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely uh, unacceptable and it's uh, horrifically damaging Um, the. Mm-hmm. In uh, when it's 1940, it wasn't 1945. It was a little bit after. Uh, Harry Truman fired Douglas MacArthur. He mm-hmm. uh, felt MacArthur had overstepped his authority, defied direct orders uh, from his superior, and interfered with Truman's hope of ending the Korean War quickly. In other words, uh, Truman was. Uh, freelancing essentially uh, mm-hmm. when it came to Korea. So on 1951, Truman fired him. He relieved him of command, which was a huge thing because Douglas MacArthur was right up there with Patton as far as being huge stars of World War II. MacArthur in the South yep. Pacific, um, and it was huge. And MacArthur came back here and still got heroes, ticker tape parades, etc. And a lot of people never forgave Truman for it, but it was the right thing because he overstepped right. civilian command. You can't have that. You mm-hmm. just cannot have that. People, do we don't vote? for a military uh, leader in this country. We vote for a civilian, and he controls the military. We decided upon that as being the best way to go quite a while ago. Well, right, and uh, the left used to obviously know that, and knowing as they have that, that the, I mean, the military has really been the last bastion of uh, right-wingness in the government. You know, it's really... Like, the rest of the government, all the, like, bureaucrats and executive branch people and legislative aides, they're at least sort of culturally liberal because they live in the big cities and they're, like, coastal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the military is really the last spot 
that's like majority hardcore Republican base voters, mm-hmm. which is why they've been trying so hard to usurp it, which is why they've had people like Millie reading friggin' books on white rage and, you know, putting out commercials about like getting more transgender people to be in the military and have pronouns and whatever. I mean, like, that's really why they're trying to infiltrate like the last spot in the government that's right wing. And like, clearly, if they thought they could pull off a coup with Trump, then the then they think they have succeeded. They And, you know, like we hear from people too. People message us and say like, you know, that the, the morale in the military is terrible. That mm-hmm. traditionally the people who've been in the military, you know, are really unhappy with top command. People are leaving left and right. They're doing this vaccine push, you know, on a group of people that's really not susceptible to COVID. You know, that 20-year-old fit guys are not like the prime demographic that's getting hit by COVID. It's really not like a big threat to them. So the the urgency in forcing the army get the military to get vaccinated. I mean, like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Like the military gets vaccinated with freaking everything all the time. And they have like, they don't have like constitutional rights to say no to stuff because they're the military. They don't, you know, really have a lot of bodily autonomy when they're enlisted but like you know it's just it's just the principle of the thing that like that's their priority is like we need to run out and vax because they know who that's gonna push out of the army you know what i mean oh totally it's totally says this about about mark milley general mark milley essence of boomer failure held onto power far past age of retirement uses late stage wokeness to defend continued deployment Bitches like a mean girl, believes rules apply to everyone but him, never won anything. Disgrace from generation of disgraces. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know about I mean, the generation of disgraces, but there were, like, you know, plenty to account for. But, yeah. And that was so weird to see him speak woke like that. To see a guy in uniform, usually these stoic, mm-hmm. hardened uh, men, you know, speak like that. Right. So disappointing. What a... God, this... I'll tell you, man. I I don't know as far as upside is this this administration sucks so thoroughly that I wonder if it's trying to be the suckiest administration <laughs> just as a lesson to everybody to see. Listen, if you let all of your institutions fail, let them get polluted and diluted. This is what happens. I mean, this like what- seriously, I've said this before, but like, do you think the country's gonna make it to twenty twenty two to the elections and the new Congress? Because uh, yeah. it seems to be rupturing pretty quickly. I think they are because, like, who's going to do, like, the left's, at this moment, the left's paramilitary force uh, that go out and enforce the fascist doctrine that they want are, are Antifa, and they're absolute and total p- you know, so what are they going to take to the streets and push people around? I know 18 dudes who graduated from my high school class in Winchester High in 91, who would wipe the floor with 500 of these wuss bags. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not, this is not, uh, it, it, I, 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 I mean, you're talking about, like, were we going to make it? You're talking apocalyptic, so I'm just, you know, right. having that conversation. But, uh... But if they've purged all the right-wing people from the military... Well, yeah, I don't. It matters. Mm-hmm. You can purge all the right wing things from the military, but those people who have been purged are free men um, with weapons 
dispersed around the United States. I mean, true. You know, I don't. I do not think mm-hmm. that, and it matters. Like, right, if you're a fringe woke crazy in the military, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, fire on your former squad, you know, leader. Well, but the command, like the top commanders, are all woke now too. Like it goes. It to seems the to me this this administration has not endeared themselves to the military. You wouldn't think Especially so. Especially with Afghanistan. Well, to the military brass, that's different. Like, you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. The brass, that's different. The people eyeing for good gigs in D.C., they'll say and do anything. It's like the union people. The union people here locally are, you know, the grunt union people, hard working, pipe fitters, this and that, whatever. The life lived by the union brass in Washington, D.C. Right. Is a different life, totally. It is a really cushy, nice life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that has to do with everything with people in D.C. And just the Beltway people have a different, a totally different existence, a different life. And they like mm-hmm. it there. And they also think that they're the smartest people on the earth because they're close to all the power. And they're extremely vain. It's it's just all, all D.C. is is Hollywood for politics. Right. Yeah. It's like they're the most and, famous and successful people at politics. Right. And, and now they're the two are combining. Right. Like if you look at AOC... Mm-hmm. Etc. And there's, it's on both sides with Matt Gates, etc. You know these people are there to be in front of cameras. They're there for moments. For that, whatever that is, is is a is a problem too. That that line we we're gonna have to t- do a massive okay. review. So yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else is going on in the world. Anything else other than that? Well, AOC wasn't the only one at the Met Gala who had uh, a, a little bit of activism going on. Um, obviously, Elliot Page was there. Which was great. I saw. And everybody all said that he's incredibly attractive and looks so happy, even though... Yeah, it didn't look... No uh, comment. Um, oh, you saw the AOC, what yes. she put out there, her statement. Yeah. You can read that? Yes, I will read that. Hang on. Um, but basically, um, yeah, Elliot Page. And then AOC apparently got criticized for attending the Met Gala. Um, so she said, I thought about the criticism I'd get, but honestly, I and my body have been so heavily and relentlessly policed from all corners politically since the moment I won my election that my body has been policed by all corners. Just to tell you, this is the shaping of somebody who has never had to be contrite for anything, Mm -hmm. who has never tried to express. Expand her understanding and empathize with divergent voices. Just admit whatever you've been policing her body, right? Honey. right. <laughs> I have uh, appreciated her body. I can tell you that. But 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 it's, this is somebody who only knows righteousness and victimhood, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And She's that is like, the that is a person with a brain with two canals in it. <laughs> that is not a smart person. Well, and it's incredible because she is. So beautiful and obviously like super politically talented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has like all this stuff going for her. The world loves her and they want to dress her up in like pretty close. Like she just she won this, you know, election, the Cinderella story election. She's the bartender. Like it's such a great story. Like you have everything going for you. Can't you be happy for like a minute? That's what I don't get. It's like complain, complain. Like, you know, like when she got to D.C. and she was like, Oh, like, people kept thinking I was the help. Like, you're the most famous person there. Nobody thought you were a staffer. Like, literally nobody. Everybody knows who you are in Washington, D.C. Like, you're... 
Right. You're the person that ever, like, if you asked most people to name a congresswoman, that that would be the first. They'd name her before Nancy Pelosi. I guarantee she has higher name recognition than Pelosi. But anyway, yeah, like, complain, 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 complain. Like, I thought about the criticism I get, but I and my body have been so heavily and relentlessly policed from all corners politically since the moment I won my election. It's kind of become expected and normalized to me. The irony is that when women in power take the prospect of criticism to be cautious in their actions, they are then criticized for being inauthentic and too calculated. Ultimately, the haters hated, and the people who are thoughtful were thoughtful. But we all had a conversation about taxing the rich in front of the very people who lobby against it. Did the Met Gala people, are they the people that are against taxing the rich? That's what she did. She went and had a conversation about taxing the rich. Mostly she drank Prosecco and ate free food. We we punctured the fourth wall of excess. Yeah, that's what happened. Can you imagine that? Just say you're sorry. Don't make it. How that is so millennial, though. That is is so millennial. Or don't make a big bitchy festival about it. Oh, this happened. You said this, and you said that. I've had. People her age work for me in years past, mm-hmm. and whenever I called them out for being late or not doing something they were supposed to do, it's a screed, a screed <laughs> of ways they're victimized and what they've gone through. So like, just shut up and get here on time. You don't have to have the world explain to to me why it couldn't happen. You did this and you did that. I remember one employee said, and I locked my keys in my car, and then somebody, my neighbor, couldn't get. And it's like, why are you telling me any of this? I don't care what any of this has to do with anything. Or this whole backstory is fascinating. I just need you here at noon. Nothing other than noon matters to me. Nothing the keys, car, blocks, you know, that you got mauled by a pit bull in the way. I don't, that's blah, 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 blah. What happens is I need you here at noon. That's that's it. You know, I can have also thousands of reasons why I don't have to be here at noon as well. But some of us have to be here at noon to do the noon thing or else it doesn't effing happen. Then we can't generate revenue to pay your ungrateful, sucky little millennial ass. (sighs) But, uh, I mean, also, she doesn't have to apologize for going to the Met Gala. She's a politician. She's a celebrity. She can get invited to the Met Gala and just go. And wouldn't that be great if she just said that? Yeah, that's right. No, I got a, I got an invitation. It was a really big. I'm friggin' excellent. famous and important, and I went to the famous important people thing. Big deal. Yeah. Like what? She right. doesn't, it doesn't have, have to, to be a po- self righteous thing. I did it. It was a covert condemnation of the Met Gala. <laughs> that's what we did. Ha ha! Sucks to be them. Honestly, our culture is deeply disdainful and unsupportive of women, especially women of color and working class women and LGBTQ immigrant, etc. From the bottom up, whether it's lack of childcare support or especially reserving pillory for elected women and femme people. The more intersections one has, the deeper the disdain. I am so used to doing the same exact thing that men do, including popular male progressive elected officials and getting a completely different response. So all I can do is acknowledge that reality and make decisions as I am and as I grow thoughtfully through my life. It, it's fascinating. I, I did the same exact thing as men do. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't love Dick Durbin, but I haven't seen him flamboyantly sashaying into the Met Gala. Now, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he goes to events like that as well. Mm-hmm. But making a statement with his little little thing around him saying tax the rich <laughs> and making it all about him and being a spectacle. But like I say, she's not the only one. Uh, Megan Rapinoe, Rapinoe, whatever Rapinoe. her name is. <laughs> Alice, be, please be careful with that. I, no, I don't know. Really? I've literally never heard her name said out loud. I don't even know. Uh, she's a, she came uh, in her red, white, and blue outfit with her uh, little clutch that says, In Gay We Trust. 
Ooh, my goodness. Imagine that showing how cool and edgy wokey you are in front of That's the a... edgiest, wokiest capital in the world. Yeah, I'm sure that the Met Gala crowd is really um, not accepting of yes. gay people. She'll be That's the first really one in the door, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, uh, what's his face? The um, Lil Nas X had, uh, three, he had three different outfits on, all shiny gold and was posing and whatever. So, I mean, like, sorry. You know, it's the Met Gala likes gays now. It's done. You don't have I to say, take a stand would, on gay rights at the yeah. Met Gala. I would say there that has been tolerated for quite some time, um, probably since the inception of their mm-hmm. uh, showcasing of art. They show art, right? Is that what they do? What? I guess. I don't even know what they do inside. They can't. Nobody can take pictures inside. Did so you it's see, like secret. I don't know. Um, Katie Herzog? No. Did you see, she made a funny joke. Way out of her expertise, and okay. it was like me landing a like three point shot from the other side of the court without having any idea. I'm going to read it to you. This is guys will get mm-hmm. this. Kitty Herzog is a very progressive uh, lesbian uh, author, also a millennial, um, who uh, it was part of a great podcast called the Blocked and Reported Co- Podcast, mm-hmm. um, and this is her. <laughs> Actually, she uh, she had two excellent tweets on this. Here's the runner-up. Shocked and appalled that anyone would wear white after Labor Day, much less a representative of the people. Okay. Not bad. It's a go-to. The way it's white a after Labor Day, right? Here's a great one. Six hours ago, Katie Herzog. This is a person who I'm assuming she lives in Seattle or whatever, Portland, whatever, in a totally different lifestyle. She's married to a woman, et cetera. Why does a baseball team have a gala anyway? <laughs> what a great joke that is that is I like a that. great joke mm-hmm. and it made me very happy to hear it Alice mm-hmm. you know what maybe that's part of what Moral McDonald did for all of us he gave us a little bit of his comedic dust as he ascended to the uh, to the heavens that's what wow. I like to think that's a happy thought honey yes it is can you what would you like to do um, but yeah it's uh also taking a bold stand at the Met Gala was Cara D. Levine, who's a model, uh, who's obviously made money from being a skinny, attractive young woman. Um, and she wore a top that said, Peg the Patriarchy. Again. What does Peg mean? I mean, I think it... it well, Is that like, like know, slay what? them? Or t- no, um, that's okay. I can't say that on the air. Oh. I think. Oh, I see. Does it mean like uh, fornicate with? I think so. In a way that would be... Um, Humiliating to a man, generally. That yeah. they would be generally against. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. I so think I'd peg the another... patriarchy. And uh, and then I don't even know who this older woman is, but she was for equal hey, rights was... for women, which I think you know is also very edgy. To, do you know the more, more formal way to tell somebody to peg the patri- patriarchy? No, huh? Margaret the Patriarchy. I like it. I like to think that Norm MacDonald has shed a little bit of his comedic dust to all of us on mm-hmm. his way to the heavens. Well, keep working on it, I think. Thank you. Keep... I came up with that. I'm not sure your dust has landed on you yet. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. And uh, you can find us on Twitter 
at Burn Barrel Pod and at Tom Shattuck in case that dust thing works out. You can find him there. Um, I'm at Alice Shattuck. We're also at burnbarrelpodcast.com and facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. You can email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, all places like that. We're on YouTube. We're on Gab, Parler, Rumble, all the places where there's stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.